welcome back to Gimme Gaming, where we give you some news and game reviews. If you want to get in on the conversation, make sure to hit us up on our Twitter at Gimme Gaming. And also, why not join our Discord? The link is in the description of the podcast. Hope you all enjoy the episode. Thanks, Carl, for the intro. We want to apologize that he's not here tonight, but he's come down with the flu or possibly the coronavirus. We appreciate the intro and we hope you get better soon. So I have with me here tonight, Mark. Hi, guys. Jude. How are you, all? And Tiago. Hello there. It was a busy week for gaming news this week, so we've got a lot to get through, so let's just jump into it. We're going to start with The Ghosts of Tsushima. Now, it's an open-world action RPG game set on the real island of Tsushima, and it's set during the Mongol invasion of Japan in the 1270s. So the game focus on, focuses on the main character, Jin Tsukui, and uh, his role is to take back his land from the Mongols. The developers say it was inspired by reality, but the protagonist is a fictional character. You can choose how you play, you can choose to be honorable or not. These choices will affect your gameplay, and the player will have complete freedom to explore the world, as the game is an open world game. Combat seems very Assassin's Creed-esque, you can lock onto your enemies, stealth plays a huge role in the game, and battles will change depending on the amount of enemies you're, you're fighting against. You can play this game in Japanese or English. And the game will release on the 26th of June, and it will release on the PlayStation 4. Oh, you were getting me with everything. Even watch the video footage, the gameplay footage of it. On yeah. the PlayStation 4? Yep. Sony always make the best, the best storied games. It really does. Like really from watching do. that trailer on like Hooked, it, it it is a game. I think I'll be looking to get on day of release. There's some of the visuals on Sony um, exclusives as well. Yeah, because they focus on just that piece of hardware, and they 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 use every ounce of hardware. Um, for a console game, that looks very very pretty. Oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah. You're, you're right in, in calling Assassin's Creed. It definitely, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is very much like the jumping, um, the climbing and stuff like that, and especially, like, you know, the sneak up behind them and do the, the, the sneaky assassination kills. I was like, definitely. And yeah. I love Assassin's Creed. So yeah, that's crazy. Franchise. I haven't played Assassin's Creed in a while, but, like, this is just kind of completely different set. It's going to be obviously a completely different story, but... Yeah, I think none of you probably got it, but one thing when in the the trailer where all them leaves are falling, I got a Tekken vibe in the one on one battle. You got a what fight? A Tekken. 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 Yeah. The yeah, game. yeah, saying it now, it like really did. Yeah, it had that whole. When was it that? Oh, the samurai. The samurai guy's name. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, but I'm terrible with names. It was a Tekken tag when yeah. they first did that kind of cinematic scenes in the cutscenes and stuff like that in the in the Tekken games. They were in that, but I'm not sure if it was that. That the was first one. That was the intro to Tekken for me. Tekken Wait, so... tag was. Yeah, I'd never played any of the other ones before that. I... Oh man, Tekken! No, Tekken Two. 
was my, I think, my intro to Tekken. And I used to smoke with it. Martial Law. He was my character. And my mate, I remember my mate got a PlayStation 1. Or PlayStation, was it PlayStation 2 Tekken Tag came out on? It was out on release, so he got it on release. Thing. Yeah. Um, and he got it. And he got the PlayStation 2 and we all wanted to play it. And he didn't let us play for, must be like two months. And then he finally got us up to the house. And he wouldn't tell me how to tag in your other character. So I was fighting against him with martial law. And I think King was my second guy. And uh, I ended up just smoking both these guys with martial law. Because I didn't know how to tag out. And I was like, well, now that's what you get for being rude. And not telling me how to tag him out. <laughs> Great game. Great game. Yoshimitsu, Yoshimutu. Yoshimitsu. Or Yoshimitsu. That was the guy's name. Yeah, it does have that vibe. Okay. Game. So beautiful looking game. Moving on. Um Jude. For you me... want to talk about um Stadia? Yeah, yeah. So my news my news story is gonna be uh, all about Google Stadia. And uh, I want to start off on a funny note, right? Because two days ago on the 8th, we're recording on the 10th now, but on the 8th, Stadia's official Twitter page threw out a tweet trying to get, like, you know, build up, like, you know, I don't know, rapport with the community and going, hey, how about you try it? Give us, uh, it, 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 name out all the different names that you can using the initials of your name. And they use Stadia, right? And they named all names to, for each initial in their name, except I, because apparently Stadia doesn't have a game that begins with I. Why would you do that? Why, why take? Why, why like bring focus to the fact that you have a, like a minimal games library as it is, but then do a, a tweet that that purely shows how limited your games library is because you don't have you don't have a single game that begins with I listed. They got absolutely slammed on Twitter. Like everybody was retweeting to it and and and, and uh, replying to it, going like, "Why would you make focus to this? Like, why? That's just stupid." They're yeah. they're also having to release. They're giving the pro version away for free because no one is interested in the service. That's it. Yeah, they're giving away three months free pro to any Chromecast users. So everybody that's got a registered Chromecast is getting a three month free. Um, stadia pro and all the pre-released orders everybody that got the pre-released order got the pre-release already and um, got their pro chromecast pros are getting another further three months buddy pass to give out to a friend as well yeah uh, so it just shows that they, that they're clamoring for like uh player base they're just clamoring for people to like get hooked on it which it hasn't seemed to happen so far like at the moment they have five hundred and fifty thousand plus downloads off the google play store but saying that, like, you know, out of the 550,000 plus downloads, how many of them were the friends and family users that got the three-month passes initially off of the original buy-ins? And now how many have been from the three-month passes that have been given out to the Chromecast users? And again, another buddy pass to all the pro users as they stand. Like, yeah. it's crashing but... and burning massively. I'm actually thankful for that. They do seem to be screwing over the the likes of the uh, GeForce Now service. Uh, 
if you want to bring that up or I can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, well, well, you bring it up. You, uh, sure. I didn't even know about that until you said it there. This is this is crazy. Like. Yeah, so they seem to have deals in the background with the likes of Activision and whatnot um, that's forcing them to pull their, their games from the GeForce Now, which I, I think it's a bit silly um, that, that they do that because unlike um, proper cloud services like Microsoft Cloud or ps now or stadia where you play it in the cloud and um you can have it run there the geforce now you're renting you're you're paying to rent the server and you're using your own game on it and so basically they're these triple a devs and a couple of indie devs are looking to block you from playing your game on a on a computer that you're renting in my opinion, GeForce Now is no different than like running, uh, say, Steam in an internet cafe. It's a dick move. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on how they're marketing it. Um, like, if GeForce Now are throwing out going marketing, these are all the compatible games with GeForce Now and actually naming each individual game. That would be different because... They're not even sense, doing that, though. They're in just... a sense, they're using their name to promote it but if they're not doing that and they're just saying like you know geforce now stream uh, you own a game already you can stream through our services and that, that's, the that's case, what that's, they're doing yeah. like they're, they're how's really... the how's the feedback uh related to uh performance of these uh service so far as far for geforce now i've, I've heard that nothing Re but good like yeah, a few Rave users reviews. having a few latency issues but like nothing nothing as Excuse me, nothing as big as as say the the negatives of what like the likes of Stadia is getting. Yeah. But like everything that I've heard, any kind of video that I've watched or or, or podcast that I've listened to that's talked about uh, GeForce Now, and uh, no one's really been trashing it. On the same hand, you know anyone that's getting to use GeForce Now is getting to use it as a free service at the moment anyway. So that could be that could swaying some kind of bias on it. Yeah, because you, if, if you don't have performance, uh, you don't have anything, right? In a yeah, service like a, that. And uh, like Stadia is basically an alpha or a beta now, and they're charging you for it. The yeah. difference when it came to GeForce Now, they were in alpha and beta for over a year, and they were giving it away to people for free. As in, you could sign up to that service, test it for them, and use it with your own games. And you weren't paying for that time it's only when they felt it was stable and ready for mass market did they release it and start charging for it and they're charging a reasonable rate like you you pay your couple of quid a month and you get access to all your own games it's just the devs go hold on we're not making money from more um, more money from our games that yeah, we've already sold to people yeah and I'm, I'm glad that what happened to that indie dev who Said, uh, who was complaining that they weren't making more money from GeForce now and they got absolutely lambasted and uh, a huge backlash from it. Just a big witch hunt against them, was it? Not, not really a witch hunt. It was just the, the devs said stupid stuff, like they should be able to control where their game is played. <sighs> to a certain degree, I can understand like where they're coming from, but... You're pay, it's, 
basically if you go with that logic they could then say oh yeah you can't play my game on a laptop you can only play it on a pc or you can only play it on an intel cpu so or that service that service that uh my friend uses shadow yeah basically the same thing he's renting a vpn and he's logging into it and he's opening up steam through it and playing it through that like yeah. he technically doesn't isn't doesn't own the hardware that he's playing off, but he's playing it through that hardware. GeForce now is exactly the same as that service. So it's basically Again, the only saying thing, you can't play The only play thing I game. would agree is if they are using certain title names as advertisement, going like, you know, here's a list. Like or obviously they're gonna have to have a list of compatible games that would work with the streaming service that they're gonna try to run. But if they're focusing and and marketing and pushing that list out and highlighting certain titles that they might see might bring, you know, people into into the service, then yeah, you know, you're gonna have to pay the people to use their their influence. But if they're not doing that and they're basically saying like, you know, no, nah, well, you you you're not getting any benefit from my name, but you got to pay me to to use my have my product there, then that's a dick. I think the guy's argument was that. GeForce never told them um, beforehand. They never contacted him. But like, imagine contacting all yeah, many exactly. many thousand developers are there for PC. Yeah. That's like a dumb, uh, like a dumb excuse. It's just I don't make money from this, so you're not having it. And it like he's probably thinking, oh, it ruins my chance for an exclusive with Stadia or something like that. You still buying the game. Yeah. I and me personally look, it's, I it's wouldn't ever buy from a dev like that when they have that type of attitude. It, it's it's only at the end of the day, it's only a benefit for them. Like I mean, it's the more platforms and the more accessibility to a, a larger audience you can get your game to, the more money's coming in for you. Like think of the amount of people that didn't have a PC good enough to play said game and now all of a sudden goes, Oh Jesus, I can get GeForce now and play that game that I've been dying to play. I've been watching on YouTube or Twitch for ages. I can play that now. Now you've just sold a copy of your game. Yeah, they don't like, see it like that. It's very short sighted. Yeah, yeah. It's it's to, to me, it sounds like it's a win win. Like hell yes. <laughs> don't ask me if you can use my game to push it to, put it to get me more money. <laughs> like you want to get me more money without me actually having to put any influence into it or any work or time or effort. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. Oh, but yeah, Stadia, crashing and burning. Um, and uh, talking of indie devs and with GeForce Now, what GeForce Now are doing to the indie devs, uh, you know, for us, we can only see benefits. I'm sure in the background, there probably is something that we don't see, some kind of red paper legislation that they have a deal with Steam or something like that, that they can only be advertised on certain platforms. You never know. That might be the case. Um, but when it comes to Stadia, Stadia are, uh, are not giving any indie devs any cash incentives to put their games on Stadia at the moment. A couple of indie devs have actually come out um, and said that Stadia has approached them to put their titles on their service and um, given no, no incentive to do it. Being that it's Linux as well, um, they would have to do some kind of... Um, kind of encoding to make it work on that service so they're asking basically asking these these indie devs and their games to do more work to make it work on our service but we're not going to give you any incentive to do it 
we're not going to give you any cash influence to, for like time and labor or manpower to, to, to do the work. On the promise there might be a market. Yeah, yeah. But there never will be because Google can't do anything right. Yeah. And with the his, history of Google, like, you know, the amount of projects I've seen a list. Yeah. It was a, a young, yeah, did the video on it. A list of all the services that over the, like, say, the past five years that Google has tried to invest and build up and just pull the plug on because it just wasn't working. Now, <laughs> it's now it, massive. Nowadays, they they have silly... Yeah, uh, the direction is terrible. Yeah, and the quality of their developers has dramatically dropped over the last while. <clears throat> like, when Google like you... began, they had, like, the the best and most competent staff, and now it's there's a certain type of individual that seems to work there, and they don't seem to be able to bring any new products across the, the finishing line and make a good service. Cash cow money hungry is all I'm seeing from, from what's, yep. what's been coming out, especially with this. Like, I mean, they, they're just looking at, like, you know, oh, sure, you know, pe people pay for our services, so uh, they'll just pay for, for the service, then they'll pay for the game at full price when they could get the same games on other services cheaper on discounts that have been out for years we're not going to give anybody incentive like every other platform and you don't own the game on the cloud service as well which yeah, is the, yeah. that's the that's the that deal breaker with, for me that coupled with the lack of trust of google yeah yeah i wouldn't trust them as far as i could throw them think if someone took down whatever whatever like um if if they've if they've got it obviously running off of whatever server what are they called, Mark? Like where all the servers are kept, those big hubs. Like a a farm. Data center. Like data a... center. There you go. So if uh, a data center went down that was hosting sta Stadia, like for however long, you've lost access to your games completely. At least, if it happens with GeForce now, if you have a fast computer, you just switch to that. Like with uh, with YouTube, um. Their new policy is if you broke their, uh, if um, you uploaded a video 10 years ago and they complied with their TOS, it was fine. But now they're demonetizing you based on the video you uh, uploaded 10 years ago because it breaks the new TOS. Even if like, you deleted the video. Imagine something like that with, yeah, imagine something like that with Stadia. Even, even if you deleted the video, they're still what, like getting in touch with you, telling you that, like, yeah, they, they, they strike the YouTube channel there yesterday for a video he put up years ago that he deleted that doesn't match Google's terms and conditions today, but the video was deleted years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, deleted one? Uh, doesn't make any sense. No. That that's what I mean about like the the people in Google. It the company is lost. Like whatever algorithm that they're working off obviously is working off of an old information or it's working off no that, that was a manual history. that was a manual intervention yeah but if he's deleted off of his off of his channel then they've obviously whatever they're searching and checking and doing background checks on is like old data and old information because if they obviously if they went to his channel now to look for that same video they'll see that it's, it's gone that's mad that like he deleted it years ago and they were still able to find it and go yeah copyright strike bitch but yeah that's like i mean google in a hole 
that just sums up Stadia in a whole the way that, that, that Google's going now with everything, YouTube, the whole lot, all that copyright striking and everything, what they're doing with Stadia now. They're clutching at straws. I think they're really desperately trying to make Stadia work, but this day and age, what it is that they're trying isn't going to work considering the, the competition, but sure we'll see down the line. Good stuff. Right, so moving on, uh, Tiago. So Valve has uh, just published over 20 minutes of gameplay footage for Half-Life Alex, And uh, for anyone who's living under a rock, Half-Life Alex is Valve's uh, first triple A VR experience. Uh, we can see maybe a reference, I guess, to Half-Life 2 on the first scene of uh, the gameplay video where we can see Alex inside of a train, uh, just like the opening scene of Half-Life 2. So uh, on these uh, 20 minutes of gameplay, you can see different locations, a lot of combat scenes, and uh, you can see how Alex interacts with uh, objects and how she moves around the world. Uh, I think that, by the way, it looks for me. Uh, this could be what VR needed to finally become mainstream. Who knows? We're going to have to wait and see. So Half-Life Alex is expected to be released on March this year. Oh, that soon? Yeah, uh, the pre-orders for, for it have um, been out yes, yesterday or the day before. I pre-ordered the, the Valve Index today. Um, there's been such demand on it that uh, my pre-order won't be available for eight to ten weeks so uh, i won't get it for another two months but hopefully Jeez. should have it in time for when uh chago comes over and we'll all get to to play it together yeah. good thing is good thing is with it you can play like so many different ways Um, like you can play standing up sitting down you can teleport you can like zoom from point Wait, a to point on, b whoa whoa you can teleport yeah so yeah. you know you're, uh, you're telling me i'm going star trek style data beam me up teleport from the gaff to your gaff oh yeah <laughs> yeah no problem <laughs> yeah um, i guess there's teleporting game or something yeah, yeah. yeah you know where you, you point and then you click a button you teleport to that, yeah. that uh, spot you can That's... do I was looking at that. I was watching. I was watching the video footage of of Alex going through the train, and then the feet, the yellow feet that were on the ground, kind of thing. It looked like you know, obviously they were pointing the, the sticks that you hold in your hand to the ground, and, and then moving up to that. Can you can you do yeah, it? Yeah, I'm do I'm it getting to it. Next? I'm getting to it. Go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> so you can teleport. So point A straight to point B. You can kind of zoom. So it zooms you through the environment. Um, or you can just continuously move using the analog stick. Boom. There yeah. You go. yeah. So the reason they do the teleport stuff is for motion sickness. If you get motion sickness, yeah. you can just use that. You couldn't Ooh. use one of the lower end headsets on and move around. You would get motion sick. Yeah. What was the one that you, what, what is the one that you have, Mark? Because I played that in your apartment, Star Now, and then the, the robots in the city and stuff like that. Oh. I didn't get any motion sickness or, or anything. But that was point and click to move around, and that's why. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah, I didn't get motion sick in that. The only game I ever got motion sick in was, uh, there was a car game. Um, 
project cars project cars but it didn't it look like it just wasn't set up to run it perfect I, it probably would have ran better with the Vive because it looked like I was sitting in the floor of the car and stuff and the graphics looked awful yeah that was what a couple of weeks ago you had that set up in the city yeah, wasn't it it yeah, just wasn't set up correct no yeah I had a shot of that and I just couldn't it just it felt weird it didn't feel like uh it just didn't feel like I was sitting in the car. Yeah, and like two minutes real. before I tried that, I was in, you know, the 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 Rift um, menus and the other games, and I was like, mm. these are even better now than they were a year ago. Like, there's nice. some brilliant experiences, and then to go from that into that car thing, it just showed how poor it was. I'm really looking forward to, and hoping this uh, new headset does the game justice does that were be a... you were you original fan of the game jago because it sounded like when you were saying like you know alex starts off in the in the train the same like i i've never played a half-life game Hands oh up. jesus yeah <laughs> for me uh i guess half-life was uh for sure the game that introduced me to fps no doubt uh, I remember, for example, playing games like Tomb Raider, uh, Green Fandango, Age of Empires, uh, before Half-Life. So, uh, yeah, this game definitely came and blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, mind yeah. uh, th there's a game on Steam called Black Mesa. It's a, it's a redesign for the modern age of, um, of Half-Life. It's a yeah, seven, a 17.99 at the moment. I just quickly checked there, but um, it it looks to be worth it. I'll, I suppose I'll, I'll give it a go and then I'll let, I'll let you know if it's worth purchasing. Um, mm. But from all the the info I've seen on it, it gets rave reviews. Like however long on from Half-Life to release, Jago, do you reckon if I was to pick it up now, would I enjoy it? Half-Life 2? Yeah, yeah. I think you should. You would enjoy Half-Life uh, One as well, and, and all the others, Opposing Forces, uh, Blue Shift, and I don't know Half-Life Two as well. It's a great, great, great game. Yeah. Nice. I how played... old? How old is like the original? How old is the like? What what year did the first one? Yeah, the first one is from uh, nineteen ninety eight. So it's been a while. So yeah, they're. They've actually confirmed this is not going to be the end of Half-Life. They're they're gearing up for more Half-Life games, which would suggest what Gary was saying, like Half-Life ODST on to Reach, that it it's going to be lead. Hopefully, leads on to the bigger the main story again. If if they keep Alex as like VR titles, and then they have like Gordon back in the in the Half-Life Three era. Um, full full game, and then they they mix mix them together, as in the stories overlap. That'd be absolutely epic. Yeah. yeah, because yes. that that'd be something that would get people back into, or would get in, them into VR more than just having Half Life Alex, because Half Life Three, if it's if it's anywhere near as good as the original Half Lifes people would want to go get the VR headset and Alex just to play that to have an understanding of the gap in between the two titles I'm not even sure if Alex is where it is in the timeline I've been refusing to watch the videos I just want to buy the VR headset and 
be surprised. Yeah, it looks again. like it's uh, uh, before uh, Half-Life 2. Uh, one thing I did notice in the video, which I thought was unreal, it was brilliant, how interactive the um, the surroundings is. Like, uh, at one point in the, in the when she comes out of the train, she kills one of the, like, the, I don't know, the, what are those things that sit on their heads? Head crabs. Head crabs. She, she kills a, a guy and the head crab is there. And she actually uses the tip of the gun to knock the head crab off. And the physics is just perfect, like picture perfect from the way that she hits it to it flopping on the ground and all. And then she goes into the office where there's like that, uh, I don't know, what like upgrade station where she puts her gun in and gets the upgrade and all that. And there's like one of the head crabs dead sitting on top of the machine. She like flicks it off with the gun before she puts her gun in. Brilliant. Even grabbing the bin. And tipping the bin out on the table, like for anybody that's listening that hasn't watched the um the gameplay footage that's been released, watch it because like I'm I'm not a huge lover of VR. Never thought. I just think it's like kind of like you know 3D movies gimmicky. It's you know just give me a proper game I'll play that. But this looks amazing. The Half Life physics were always ahead of the the core. Yeah, that's one thing that made like Half Life Two such a big hit was the, like physics that were years before anything else okay so we're gonna move on to the next um bit of news and mark if you want to go ahead so the the information that we have today is based on the the amd uh, analyst day which they were releasing new information on rdna2 and rdna2 is basically their the new graphics technology the dead rdna1 which would be in their mid-range cards at the moment, like the 5700 XT, which is a very good bang bang for the book and um, performs pretty well. But they've confirmed that RDNA 2 will have 50% um, more power for the same power utilization. So it should be uh, good good to see the the new cards that are going to be based on that. They they should be very competitive. They I fully expect they're going to be more powerful than anything that's released at the moment. It also uh, shows that the the new consoles, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, are going to perform better than I, I presumed a, a few weeks ago. Um, with them, I believe they were going to be based on RDNA 1 rather than RDNA 2, so they could end up being more powerful than than any of the, the mainstream uh, graphics cards that are out at the moment. Uh, it's that's important. that's confirmed that 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 the new consoles are using RDNA too. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I I expect there's there's going to be a dip in the amount of people playing PC game and when both of these consoles come out, when the PlayStation uh, Four and the Xbox One come out, they were more akin to mid-range PCs. So these are they're in line with the highest end computers and you're getting them for a reasonable price so if you want to get a comparable pc you're paying significantly more money so um from a value perspective it, it they are actually giving you very good value for money with these with these systems good buying uh, for book has yeah. has price has been released on on the new consoles no but uh, uh, i expect um they're they're going to be a lot more expensive there was a lot of rumors that 
the cost price just for building the PlayStation Four was going to be what four five hundred. Yeah, like yeah. I heard four hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, that that seemed to be the most common number I've heard. But I've heard as low as four and as high as five. But mm. either way, they're going to be expensive consoles. But I expect them to last a lot longer. Um. Well, if this is the technology that's going to be put into them, then yeah. And and it just means the games can only get better. You know the shown across the board of, of like all consoles that have been released over the years it's always been a limitation of like how much hardware is in there that like developers can utilize whereas like that's always been the argument with pc gaming versus console game oh well with my pc i can play the game better look better run better feel smoother because you know they have more technology to utilize in that whereas consoles uh, there's always limitations but uh, if this is the kind of stuff that's that's going to be in them, then you know, all good. It benefits PC players as well because, like, most games are developed for console, so yeah, it's going to be a higher. Back. Yeah, they won't be held back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're kind of akin to the 360 and the PlayStation 3. Like, they were pretty high spec when they came out. Yeah, I know they... last gen was pretty underwhelming, but the. Yeah, they they were similar to like the highest end um, PCs of the time, so I expect this will will go back to that. They they probably see the amount of people they've lost to PC, and they want to build some of that market share back up. Ah, it's got that it's got that console versus PC player uh, mentality, and it's someone sitting there in the boardroom going, "Okay, okay, lads, how are we gonna win this fight?" Right, we need to win this fight. We've lost this fight every year, every single generation that we put out. We've lost the fight. There's just always something they have up against us. How are we going to beat it? AMD have now done it. AMD, AMD are doing it for everybody. They really, yeah. Are. They, they, they seem to be doing everything right now with their all the stuff they're releasing. The like the the Zen architecture for their um processors as well have been like huge for PC gaming. Like you're getting a load more cores for like similar money to what you were getting for say like an eight core for like four core money when it came to Intel, and they're they're not resting on the laurels. Like I've got a a sixteen core processor for them. Actually, I've got two. I've got the nineteen fifty X as the original Threadripper sixteen core. And then I have the 2950X, which is the Zen 2 uh, one. So I, ge- I generally upgrade quite often, but I, I don't I don't feel the need to upgrade either of them CPUs for the foreseeable future. I think I'll, I'll focus on GPUs a little bit more uh, for the next while. So it, it's good, good to see they're making huge progress where it was very stagnant for the longest of time. You know, they're just struggling. Intel Intel always seems to like have something better, something stronger, something faster. Already developed in the wings, in the background, and just wait until AMD came out with whatever new thing that they had. And they were like, okay, this is what we're going to do to compete. And then Intel's like, ah, oh, no. Poof. And they dropped something like yeah, straight asleep. on top of it going, no. They were asleep at the wheel for the last <laughs> few years, thinking AMD were done and dusted. Yeah, yeah. No longer, good sirs. No longer. Yeah. Indeed, 
taking reins. Intel are such a big juggernaut that they'll invest a couple of billion in the R&D and you'll, you'll probably find in, I'd say about two, two years and they'll probably take the performance crown back again, but it'll take them that long to wake up. Um, it, it seemed like the, the Athlon days, the, what was it, the 2600, um, the AMD 2600 XP or something like that was called, uh, back then AMD were trouncing Intel and, um, up for a few years after that and then they brought out the, the core two duos and that was the end of the, the amd glory days but yeah. the, the new consoles looking very very promising with all this new architecture uh... the the one thing i'm curious about with the consoles is whether they're going to have zen 2 or zen 3 uh, cpus in them i believe they're going to have like eight core cpus um but i'm, I'm not sure which architecture it's going to be based on um whether it's going to be based on something similar to like a 30 3700x just lower cork uh, lower uh, clock speed um or will it be based on zen 3 with uh, faster epc it's zen 2 it's confirmed as zen 2 is it so then yep it, for it, at least you know for pc players if you want to have like a comparable experience uh like a 3700 or above is going to last you throughout the lifespan of the the next gen consoles Se series it, x or the or the playstation 5 yeah yeah because it'll be run at a much higher uh clock speed so like any computational power that's lost for running the os will not fill up the difference in clock speed between the consoles and the pc here's a question i don't know if any of you know it but what architecture what cpu and what gpu was the playstation 2 using when it was released 20 uh, years ago that was using like a custom architecture was that wasn't was it yeah, uh, one of the like consoles back the then was like kind of thing. an Apple thing. I think the only made an Apple thing. Yeah, no the, the 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 Apple um they they used to be big in in hardware back in the day. I think that was that might have actually been the Microsoft console or IBM. Um, probably IBM at the, at the time, kind of thing. But yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation Two, two. twenty years old. I know this is simple math, but Jesus, is that twenty years already? Because <laughs> just just makes us all feel old. Thanks for reminding me, Jude. That's that's no problem at all. That's no problem at all. You know, when you were fifteen, sixteen, that's when the PlayStation Two came out. Yeah, and I, just so I... everybody that's listening knows that he is an actual old fogey, <laughs> right? Older than I am by a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for like, I can remember exactly where I was uh, for the the PlayStation Two launch. It was the first time I actually camped out for anything. I actually camped out for the the PlayStation Two at a, a local oh, yeah. retail store called Curry's. Um, everywhere the console was sold out, I tried to get my pre-order, and for months before you couldn't get it. So I was like. Uh, I decided to chance my arm. Um, I was going to camp out. My dad said, oh, I'll go with you. Two of us uh, set out. 
be outside the store all night and wow. got got lucky. Where, we where were was, which one was that one? Which uh, curries did you go to? Curries in Liffey Valley. And oh, because okay. it was, because it was outside the main retail place, loads of I think there was like three hundred people went to the retail uh, center to get a console, and uh, only like five or six people actually got one from there. But because I camped at a random store, and um, I was second in line, I actually ended up getting a console. And the I think the games that were only available were Ridge Racer and Tekken Tag Team. So I was like, I wasn't really interested in Ridge Racer. Um, so I just chanced my arm and asked these have any other games. And it turned out they had a football game held in, in the back in the back room called, o I think it was OSS. Um, and such a good football game that was. I can remember playing that. Uh, International Super Soccer or something, wasn't it? International Superstar Soccer, yeah. Superstar such Soccer. Such a fun game. Uh, I used to play that with one of my mates for for days on end. I guess when uh, PS2 was released, you could uh, use all the PS1 uh, games on it, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was backwards compatible. Oh yeah, the Xbox though. I don't. I I wasn't a big fan of the the PlayStation One. Um, I think most people loved it, but I I never really got never into really. the PlayStation One. The PlayStation Two. Me, with the... me and my mates were uh, we were big big PlayStation fans. We were like, we were huge Nintendo fans up to that, the sixty four. Then when the PlayStation One came out, everybody I knew got PlayStation One. We all got it, and that was when we were like introduced. Like we were big wrestling fans back in the day. So um, when SmackDown came out, like we had on the sixty four, we had No Mercy, and um, we had NWA, WCW versus NWA, and we used to play them all the time. And then when the PlayStation One came out, that was SmackDown era. And we just got hooked on it. And I, I genuinely think I bought my PlayStation 2 to buy the new SmackDown game. It came out on, it was released on PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 because it was like, it was being released as far as I can remember over the crossover time when PlayStation 2 was launching and it was the end of life of PlayStation 1. And I was like him and Han on whether to just buy it on a PlayStation 1 or shell out for the PlayStation 2 and get it. Um, around that time, we we were like what fifteen mark when PlayStation Two came out. Yeah, I actually uh, made a very stupid decision uh, of leaving school and and going to work. I I quit school after my junior cert and I started working for a couple of years. So I had that expendable cash. I was living at home with parents. I had a full time job. I had a load of money, you know, set aside. So <clears throat> I went and I bought the PlayStation Two. I didn't actually buy it on release day. Did you? Not? Actually do. No, yeah, I bought it. I think I bought it like two or three months after. So probably after when it, it finally started coming back in stock. Yeah, yeah. I think pro. You now I can't remember, but I'd say probably it was like just not available kind of thing. And then once it did, that's when I bought it. Yeah, because um, I know my friend, his dad got it, and he had it on release day, and we used to always go up to his house and 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 try play it and all that. He was very weird about us. He'd he'd let us sit there and watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for some reason when we were like that age we were like this is awesome now if i was to sit there in a room and someone goes no you watch me play i'd be like no man Didn't unless it's go. the last of us yeah the last of us <laughs> is the one game i could watch anyone play such a good game. i heard a i heard a very interesting fact about, about ps2 that maybe you guys can confirm that it, when it came out it was the 
cheapest DVD player on the market. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was the. It's actually what made DVDs uh, so popular, and um, because it it brought it, it made it mass market. Yeah, it brought a console into everybody's home purely to watch a movie. Like, yeah, I guess like, you were buying a, a cheap DVD player, and it came with a high-end console with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember my dad actually like forked out crazy money on a DVD player. Like the, the day I, I remember, like anybody right that was born in the two thousands that's listened to this podcast is like these old bogies are literally <laughs> talking about when dvds were first released <laughs> like i can just i can just imagine it's like us listening to a, like a podcast and people talking about like i remember the day that i got my first eight track <laughs> that's the equivalent of this but uh, my dad came home with a dvd player and he had i don't know like eight or nine movies and the movies that he had there's only two that i can remember he had probably eight or nine that he that he got with it but he got x-men the original x-men movie and he got gladiator on DVD, and oh. as a family, we went across to the, to the Super Value, and we bought like loads of munchies and crisps and popcorn and stuff like that. And we came home and we had a movie marathon in the sitting room. And we hooked up our first DVD player. Like, it's just, it's just funny to think now that like that was what was a family gathering back then. Was and do do you know which movie uh, was sold the most alongside with uh, PS Two? No. Any idea? I'd, I'd guess the Gladiator just because I bought it with it. No, no. Matrix. The oh, first one. Oh, yeah. That would have been that around would... that time as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the good thing is that maybe the next uh, PlayStation, we're going to have a new Matrix movie as well. Matrix movie as well. Are they making more? Falls. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, they're making what? more. Hell... Oh, my God. You have not heard of this. I did not know that. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Must have and been original, asleep under a rock. The original cast is coming back. So Keanu Reeves is coming back. Your woman that played Trinity is coming back. Uh, dude that played Morpheus, what's his name? Um, is coming back. Um, oh, man. How did you not hear about this a couple of months ago? It was brilliant. I that's actually no going to be idea. excellent if that was the case because that's going to be full circle. Like, like <laughs> yeah. PlayStation Play- 2, biggest DVD sale. And then even even when PlayStation 3 came out, was it or PlayStation 3 Blu-ray? A Blu-ray, yeah. Yep. And then yeah. the Xbox 360 had that HDR adapter. And because they had it as a separate device, that's why it that never took them. off. Whereas the PlayStation uh, 3 is what actually made Blu-ray a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, here here's a question. Fondest memories. Fondest memories. Favorite game from PlayStation Two. Go, Mark. Uh, Gran Turismo demo. Very good. Oh damn! You had to say that. No, <laughs> it was between two, and now it's oh. not the demo, but Gran Turismo. Oh god, see there. Gran Turismo, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, or GTA San Andreas. I was pretty late to the PlayStation, so yeah. the The Whoa. reason the reason I picked the demo is like it. It's the one thing that sticks in my head because it was so revolutionary at the time. Like if I looked at it today, I'd be like, "What the hell was such a big deal about this?" But like I got it off uh, my cousin's cousin 
just randomly turned up at the door and said, oh, I got this demo with my PlayStation mag. Do you want it? I was like, okay, thanks. I put it in and I was blown away. It was a Porsche 911 RUF edition car. And I I must have played that more than like any full game I had. Hmm. It was just Dem- such a good game. Demos with magazines. Yeah. From the past. We'll come back to the demos with magazines. Yep. Yeah, go second. ahead. I'm going to say Thiago. Thiago, name game uh, best jesus experience. i think i i think only a, a sad story about this because uh at least for us brazilians because the ps2 was officially released in brazil in 2009 so uh, <laughs> we already have ps3 that's like nine years after us yeah 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 so did you ever so, play it no no okay no. tiago we're gonna buy you a playstation <laughs> then you gotta tell us your fondest memory oh my god yeah, it came came to Brazil very, very, very late. Yeah, I think wow. uh, South American countries are very restrictive on imports of technology and stuff like that. Or am I wrong? Yeah, sure. You had to go to US or anywhere else to to buy a, a PS2 if you if you want to have one. Did and... Did anybody that you knew had one? I have some friends, but I I don't think it was uh, back in and. Uh, 2000s i think uh maybe closer to 2009 when, when i saw ah. people having like, ps they're they're like getting it for like retro like oh man that's i feel sorry for you yeah so, so i don't have a game this time oh, man. for yeah. me it would be the smackdowns for me because it was just that's that was the that was the thing for playstation for me me and my friends it was um we just we just used to love like every single day we would be playing some kind of smackdowns four players like you know hell in the cells uh, battle royals royal rumbles just anything there just, was, we would we would literally sit there four hours like eight hours solid and just play smackdowns there was no one that really there was no one that really held me to the console if i'm being honest like i had a preference for the i think it was the the Dreamcast that was comparable to it, like the the likes of Power Stone or Sonic, or it just was had Dreamcast more. Dreamcast not more comparable to the PlayStation One, more so than the two, or was that the Saturn? The Saturn was the PlayStation One, which yeah. got absolutely decimated by the PlayStation One, and then the yeah. Dreamcast got decimated by the PS Two. Um. It's funny that Sony only made a PlayStation uh, uh, to as an FU to Nintendo. Nintendo were going to yeah, make yeah. a disc version of their NES, I think it was. But they decided it wasn't a good idea, so they didn't do it. So place, uh, Sony, who wanted discs to become a big thing, went, all right, we're going to make our own console then. Well, so. Nintendo approached Sony... And they were actually, they had made a prototype of a cartridge and disc console, which recently sold for $360,000 at auction. It's crazy what, like... That's mad. I suppose it's a bit of history. Yeah. And then they decided to do the mini disc thing with the GameCube. (laughs) Yeah. Mini discs, yeah. I love the GameCube. Don't, Don't you dare... I like that. Smack at the GameCube. I loved GameCube. Yeah, I like WrestleMania was it WrestleMania? I don't think there was. Was any of the main. It was a WrestleMania something. 
on oh. GameCube. Rest, um, I think God. it was WrestleMania. There was an actual like name to it, WrestleMania or or a number kind of thing. It was around the time WrestleMania 18 or something like that when it came out. Oh, yeah, man. it was the number as well. Beautiful. Oh, GameCube is lovely. I love WrestleMania I the, XX. I loved the, the, like the, the I loved the controller. The controller for the GameCube was beautiful. I actually liked the look of the console. I never bought any of the extra things that you can put onto it, but I always thought it was real cool that you could open it up at like four or five different parts and you can add like the network adapter on the the cooling dock kind of thing to sit it down onto and all that. Never bought any of it, but I thought it was cool that you could. No, yeah, I, I love Luigi's Mansion on that. Yeah, that is a game I'm actually playing on the, Nint the Nintendo Switch, Switch at the moment. I'm actually playing um, Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm absolutely loving it. But it was my son's cartridge. So I when I came back from Germany to Ireland for work, I had to leave it, leave leave it in Germany so he <laughs> could play. So I'm going to have to go over to the store now tomorrow and see if I pick up a copy. Pick up a copy while you're here. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, to go back to what Gary was saying, PlayStation, demos. Am I the only one that waited week by week for the new PlayStation magazine to come in to the, to like the news agents and run over and get the disc just to get the demo that came with magazines. Oh, I did that with, um, what was the it? Dreamcast MSR. Yeah. yeah the Dreamcast. Um, that was another car game. Um, being such a, a good, um, demo was Metropolitan Street Racer. Via myself and Gary were actually t just talking about this car recently. I think it was a VXR two twenty convertible car. It was such a lot of fun. I think driving around London in the in the game, or yeah, I, I think it was driving around London, and it, it was so unique for the time. And you never got to buy the game because it was always sold out. I remember you went around yeah. to get a PC World or Curry's, yeah, back... and you came back with Ferrari Challenge because you couldn't buy it. Yeah, hmm. back that, then. I, that's unheard of now. Yeah, I was going to say back then you actually needed to pre order games, and now it's just you'd have to be silly to actually pre order a game. Well, back That's then, the reason why I think demos in magazines worked really, really well was because, you know, if you think about it, it, it the majority of the people that would be playing consoles and playing computer games would have been the likes of, say, ourselves 15, 14, you know, 16 wouldn't have a job, wouldn't have that much expendable cash sitting around to be buying two or three new games every month. So you'll only get two or three ga new games a year, maybe. One for Christmas, one for your birthday, um, saving up pocket money yourself and buying the third game kind of thing. So you'd only ever have those three games for the whole year. Whereas you go over and pay two pound on a, on a, on a magazine and get a disc that has five demos. So that's five new games. Basically like five new games. Like that Gran Turismo, me and my mates, we played that demo to death. You just kept doing the same race over and over again, trying to beat the time trial on it. Um, or like Abe's Odyssey. You play the first level of Abe's Odyssey. Um, it, it was like Christmas. You You get one of those demo discs and it's got five new games to play. When you've only got three games that you've had for the last twelve months, that's just amazing. That just doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah, because well, most developers um 
you know, they wouldn't have confidence in releasing a demo because, yeah, because a lot of games are unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they'll charge you for an alpha. Or they'll charge you for the demo. Except for Final Fantasy Seven, Which what? leads us, I think, into our next segment, which is, uh, what is it, Gary? What are we playing? Yep, so on to the next segment. So what we're playing. Me, at the moment, I'm playing Forza Horizon 4. And the monthly update just got announced. So three new cars and the new story mode for anybody who's interested in that. Um, yeah, I play with the wheel and uh, clutch and uh, gears. Pretty damn fun. Yeah, he's so actually cute. technically what, learning uh, well, to drive. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> what, uh, what wheel are you using? The G27? G27, yes. I actually got the PlayStation version. Because, like, all Xbox driving games are going to be on PC. So I can just play those games on PC. And then if I decide to get a PlayStation down the road, I can use it for Gran Turismo as well. Yeah. Oh, so the PlayStation version works yep. with PC as well as PlayStation. But the Xbox will work with Xbox and, and Windows, but it won't work with the PlayStation kind of thing, no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, makes sense making that, that choice, yeah. And storyline for for Forza Horizon what? Well, no, no, it's it? it's not really a story. It's more so uh, they call story uh, story modes, and it's just literally it. Well, the new one that's coming out is your postman you just deliver stuff in, you know, a time uh, limit. So oh, crazy taxi like stuff. <laughs> kind of, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was that on the PlayStation 2 or was it only on the Dreamcast? It came out on the Dreamcast, and I think it came out on the PlayStation 3 after the Dreamcast was gone. Yeah, it's I actually out on PC. That. I got it for free. I can't remember which launcher I got it. I think it Steam. might have been Uplayer Origin or something. Was it not? Oh, maybe it was Origin. I could have sworn. Maybe, I think it was might have been Origin, yeah. A while back there, probably uh, must be maybe two years ago or something like now. But I nearly crapped myself. I was like, oh, no way. I'm getting free crazy taxi and I played it for like 20 minutes and I was like, ah, oh, the nostalgia and then never touched it again. Yeah, it was a game fun to play for a few minutes and then it's like you get bored of it very quick but then yeah. a few <laughs> minutes you play were epic. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Uh, me, personally, I'm uh, I'm playing a load of different games lately, like loads of different games. Probably about five or six different games but as of today, I'm playing uh, Resident Evil 2 because I'm trying to get myself worked up for Res 3. That's going to be coming out next month. Um, it's out next month, isn't it? Uh, yep. April. And we will be doing a review on it. Oh, yes, we will. Definitely. Yeah, I cannot we... not do a review on Res 3. That was my that was my hands-down favourite game. Speaking of the PlayStation 2, from the PlayStation 2. But yeah, Res 2, man. Oh, my God. What a game. What a remake. And I actually seen... I, I was I really, really hyped for that game ages ago. And I was going to buy it. And it was just... It was a little bit too much. And I was... I wasn't really... Fu- like, Res 2... I never really invested too much time in Res 2 when it first originally came out. A lot of my friends loved it. And a lot of people say Res 2 was the best Resident Evil game. For me, Res 3 was the best Resident Evil game. That's the one that gripped me the most. That I loved the most. Um... So I was like sitting there the other night and I was thinking, you know what? No, I'm getting it. I got to see what a, what an update of Res 2 was like. 
bought it, installed it, played it all day today on stream, jump scares the lot. Um, and then I saw a tweet. I was like looking at tweets from like, you know, people talking about Res 2 Remake. And there's like a picture of Leon from the original one in the library and a picture from on the remastered now. And I, I can't help but laugh going like when I was when we were playing this with my friends years ago, we were like, oh, my God, the graphics are unreal. It's like real people. I was like, the dude's got a square head. His his fingertips are literally square. They're straight lines with 90 degree angles back to the hand. <laughs> I'm like laughing at it now going and then looking at the Res 2 remake going like oh yeah he actually looks like a person now but I suppose in maybe 20 years time when I look back at the Res 2 remake now and what games are like then I'm going to be like well you can't even touch them in like VR style oh what a strong right ha- right angle jaw you have <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's crazy. If if anybody wants to have a look, check it out. Just uh, I would say just Google Res 2 Leon versus Res 2 Remake Leon. And it's just, it's crazy. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been loving have, it, actually. It's been really good. So obviously, uh, they've updated the graphics. Have they changed mechanics much? Um, yeah. Like is, like it, in... is, is it a remaster or a remake? It's it's a little bit of both because there's still a lot of things that are very much the same. Like second I got into the police station, um, I was like, oh yeah, the big statue and the three medallions that you have to get for the statue to unlock the, the passageway. Um, I knew that instantly. And then there was the three different things that had the, the combinations. Now, obviously it's been, I don't know, it's 1998, so 22 years since the original. And I only played the original, well, obviously I played it through twice with Leon and Claire, but I couldn't remember all the combinations and stuff. Um, the aiming on uh, Res 2, I was able to play that just using a keyboard. So I can imagine the control system has got a big update to be more in line with today. Or is it still the same, that clunky aim? And I haven't looked at it. I've bought the game because it's got rave reviews, but have a bit of a backlist uh, backlog before I get to it. Um, no, I didn't find any clunky aiming or anything like that. Um, yeah. You definitely wouldn't be able to just aim with keyboard. Yeah, so that means yeah. they they must have made significant improvements when it came yeah. like to the control systems. Um, oh, jump scares are, are, are amazing in it. Um, and I remember, I, I definitely, there's, there's a few jump scares that are, I 100% remember from Res 1, but I can't really remember where the jump scares were in Res 2, and if these were what were in the original one, they've got me again, because I have, like, if you watch my stream back, like, I've jumped so many times, there's, there's like a locker scene where they open a locker and a zombie falls out of it, I genuinely nearly fell out of my seat. Because it was, they do it really well. They really do really do it really well. They, they they give you this lull of probably like five to maybe ten minutes of investigating and just checking scenes and getting this and combining components and all that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom! It's just big scare. 
and they did it really well. I nearly, I like, I actually had to stop. I had to pause the game for a second. I was just like, oh my god. I sat back in my chair. I was like, I can't do because I, I like did the whole proper thing. I pulled the she- shades down. I turned the lights off. I made sure the room was dark, which probably heightened the the scare factor. Like, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a good remake. Uh, I, remaster remake. Um, imagine how version. bad that would be. Like from them scares in, excuse me, VR. Oh God, no. I would literally be sitting here looking for a new pair of underwear. If that guy fell out of that locker and I had the headset on and it fell on top of me like VR style, I would probably genuinely have pissed my pants. Yeah, I think the horror games are probably going to benefit the most from VR in the future. At least I'd, I'd take a guess that'll be the case. A remaster of The Condemned in VR. Holy crap. That would be awful. Jude, um, if you well, since you like Resident Evil, you should check out Alan Wake. It's not like it's ten years old now. Well, almost mm. ten years old, but kind of has that same. Uh, well, there probably isn't as, as yeah, there probably isn't as many. It's probably more um, like creepy atmosphere and stuff. But there are jump scares. Yeah. But say even now, like ten years old, that still holds up. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I never played it. I meant to play it. Um, Fear was a very good, very good game. Jump scare. Very good. With the creepy girl crawling I, upside down backwards on the roof. I bought Fear and I never played it. And it's one game I regret play, not playing. But it's very hard to go back to now because it looks so dated. Hmm. That's that's the thing with me. I like I I don't like dated games. I can't play them. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not a retro gamer. Like I couldn't go back to old school games later on down down the years. Old school side scrollers wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Platformers, that kind of thing. Like you know the old Sonics or Mario's or something yeah. like that. But if if it was meant to be something like something like Resident Evil. Something like maybe the Alan Wake or Fear or something like that that's meant to be more immersive. I would, the whole time I'd be looking at it going, she has a square head. This isn't scary. I think I'm playing Minecraft. There's a creeper following me. <laughs> a square head is pretty scary. <laughs> right. Depending on the context. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, do you want to tell us what game you're playing? Yeah, so the, the the main game I've been playing recently is Luigi's Mansion. I've actually been you playing it when I'm actually lying in bed just before I go to sleep. It's the first game that actually gripped me on the Nintendo Switch. I, I for myself, I found the console a bit of a waste. My son was playing lots of different games on it, but um, I decided ah, I'll throw it in. I, I really liked it when the the original when it was on the uh, GameCube. So I put it in and it got me hooked. Um, after like a, a few hours and on the the sixth floor, it it's based in a haunted hotel. I've been really in, enjoying the game. It it just seems like one of them games that's perfectly suited to a handheld console. Like there was one other game I tried a bit on the console called Trials Fusion, but the the analog sticks were just not accurate enough for some of the stunts in that game. But uh, I've been loving playing that, and I I think I'll I'll play it out until I finish the game. So I can actually feel Adam's anger 
right now. <laughs> for, for other listeners yeah. right now, Adam yeah. is a friend of ours, and he is utterly obsessed with Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game, on a Switch. And anytime anybody even slightly mentions the Switch, our friend Adam nearly dives down the truck on, have you played Breath of the Wild? Have you played it? Have you even seen it? Do you know what it is? Do you want me to educate it? I'll give you a loan to the game. Yeah. Play it. I, I <laughs> and actually... for Mark to turn around and say that this is the first game that's gripped him, which, by the way, I know personally, Mark owns Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I actually have it in my hands. I haven't... I've put it... I put it into my console once and i was like oh, i don't have the time to go through and learn and, and play this like a big open world game and i just never put it into the console again yeah yeah adam is gonna kill you like, <laughs> he's just... a big teddy bear when this when this like actually go live it goes live and i'm just i'm expecting whatsapp to just blow up it's at this point in the podcast like you know i don't know like an hour hour 20 in after i upload the, the podcast it's just gonna be adam going mark <laughs> what? That's all I can imagine. That's what's gonna happen. Adam, we're playing Breath of the Wild on a game night. Oh, yeah, we'll see you there. Coming over. <laughs> yeah, that me saying uh, that uh, Luigi's Mansion is the only game that got me interested in the Switch will actually be what gets him up to this house. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Get his computer fixed so he can start playing a bit of Dead by Daylight with us again. Well, Luigi's Mansion, are there more than one mansion? Or is there more than one mansion? Because I remember no. in the original, there was only one. Yeah, it's just one mansion with a load of floors. I think there's prob- probably about 20, 25, I guess, um, different floors. So it, it's a big enough uh, game. Well, it'll be a few hours. It's the type of game I like. I, I like to play games, a good story, like eight, ten hour game good story good gameplay and that's perfect for me it's yeah. probably why the the game we last reviewed i really enjoyed it and rated it so highly i'm more of a short but sweet type of gamer and um, so I'm... it's a good game I, i've been playing it with uh with my boys um we were playing the the multiplayer thing it took a while to figure out how to actually uh rope in the ghosts and stuff like that yeah I had to, I did, they they were playing it first and then they came out and they got me and they're like dad we don't know what we're doing, so I came in and then I sat down for the first ten or fifteen minutes I was thinking like, what I I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> but then when I finally figured out how you we were meant to catch them I taught them and then we sat down and we played it for a little while it's good it's good fun. Is it still you have to shine the light and then hoover them up? Yeah yeah. yeah. I was just I was like trying to hit them and hoover them and stuff like that and I'm like why am I not getting them? Yeah, there's a, few, like a mad scone. there's a few other things in it, like the jelly version of you and like the plunger and stuff like that. That adds a bit more uniqueness to the game. Sometimes that good. jelly character just felt a bit forced. But other than that, I was really enjoying it. I was kind of looking at it for a while going like, that, that, that Hoover on his back is crap. Put a Henry Hoover on him. I'll be able to get that. No hassle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good game. Good game. Good fun. Yeah, so uh, is it worth buying a Switch for? For me, yeah. Um, I I actually bought the game for my son, and he has it now in Germany because I've come back over to Ireland. And I'm actually gonna go out and buy the game again tomorrow, just so I can keep playing it while I'm here, because I'm gonna be in Dublin for at least a month, and I don't want to be nice. that long without play- continuing it. Cause that, <laughs> so I've got hooked on it. Yeah, that's a big claim. That's a console seller right there, like. 
yeah i it, it mightn't be for for everyone well i, th- I think ev- everyone would find it fun and enjoyable but i don't think everyone would find it as enjoyable as i would as in a console seller as as in like halo yeah. style console seller but for me it it's the perfect game for a portable console it's just you pick it up you have fun and you can put it down and you can come back to it exactly when you have time and in my situation i when just before i go to bed i pick up the switch and play it for a few minutes probably worth noting that's not like mario oh yeah, yeah it's a lot slower it's nothing like mario and the mario is is more of a a platformer open world uh expo- exploration game where this is more about just going around in a closed environment and like capturing ghosts kind of has a bit of mystery about it as well well yeah. at least the original did yeah no this one does as well there's a lot of exploring finding hidden things and that's what like as i said i'm on the sixth floor and but like i've been taking my time and exploring every different place in it and just to find is there any secrets here and there and i found one or two and usually it's just like extra gold and and stuff like that and the gold can be used for like getting um features such as if you die you get auto auto revived at 100 health if if you build up enough points that that can be used once and then you you have to build up enough coins again to buy it again but i've definitely been enjoying the game and i'd recommend anyone give it a go okay um tiago do you want to let us know what you're playing sure um uh lately i've been playing a lot of squad Actually, maybe it's the only game I'm playing uh, over the past months. Uh, it's quite a, I don't know if you guys know, it's a, it's the type of game that I really like, which is a, a more realistic, it has a more realistic approach. But uh, I would say it's between Battlefield and, and, and Arma. Yeah, so it's very, very realistic, but it still has a very, you know, good gameplay. It's not, it's not like like Armor Three. So I really, really enjoyed that game. Yeah, I I gave it a short go with with you, and the few minutes I played it, but I was enjoying it. I don't know why I never, never got further into yeah i think the, the learning curve for that game is uh, it's a little bit high but after you actually learn how to to you know improve a little bit uh you really start enjoying it and would the game types in that be similar to battlefield as in like team deathmatch rush or no 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 since it's a, a more realistic game you have to you know really play with your team uh, use uh different ta- tactics if you, if you can't just uh, walk around alone trying to kill people. So the run and gun behavior of some of the members in this chat will be a big downfall for them. <laughs> I, I won't I won't name any names. I've seen a few few lads that I used to play uh, scum with and stuff like that um, started getting into squad there and uh, 
a lot, a lot of the boys that were on the Discord that I was on, they always put up like you know videos, good shots, good kills, and stuff like that. And they put up a lot of footage of squad. Really does look like a really, really, really good game because we would we would play say Scorm, we would play Arma, we would play Daisy, um. So that kind of play style, that kind of you know mechanic shooting, um. And, and then working as a team and stuff like that, especially with, like, say, the likes of Daisy and stuff like that, you know. If you don't work as a team, you're going to die, and it's going to be, like, 40 minutes before you're going to be back with your teammates again. Uh, so that kind of that kind of mentality, like, really, really worked well. F- having the boys play those type of games first before they played squad really worked really well. And it looks like a beautiful game. Like, graphics-wise, it looks amazing. How old is it? You, you mean squat? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a finished game. There. It's still early access, oh, but it's out like. It's out five. Yeah, but five yeah, years. It's, it's an early access. Wait, it's been out five years. So 2015 that came out. Yeah. That is game that, looks uh, amazing for 2015. Yeah, this game is actually uh, a standalone version of a game called Project Reality, which used to be a, a mod for Battlefield 2. So the same developers from Project Reality, they they started uh, developing this uh, squad, uh, this game. So kind of, kind of like the same kind of background history as DayZ would have. Um, um, except for it could become a disaster. Yeah. The Daisy standalone. I, well, Daisy nowadays, man, is really, really good. Really, really good. I, I have missed I, jumped, I jumped into it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, must have been. How, how many hours do I have? I have 554 hours in a standalone now. And. Buff, uh, just want to. Seven, maybe? Yeah. Just want to add something to that. That amount of hours is not much for you. It might. Just yeah, because yeah, well, of, well, for me, yeah, yeah, uh, for what I like, just just to give like everybody the background information on Scum on its own, I've got twelve hundred hours on PUBG, I've got twelve hundred hours on Warzy, I've got over two thousand hours. Uh, Dead by Daylight, I've got seven. Actually, that's very freaky. I've got seven hundred and seventy-seven hours. Uh, on H one Z one, I have around thirteen hundred hours. Um, so yeah, maybe 554 hours on Daisy is not massive, but for me, anyway, a lot of other people will probably look at 554 hours and go, what? That's crazy. Well, yeah. I think I, I had Five. like 97 hours, I think, up until the point where all the boys uh, decided that we were going to go on to Daisy, <clears throat> and that was with uh, Mark and with Gary. And all we had of us some good went... times. We did, we did, we did. I broke my legs a lot. I was just about to say Jude falling through <laughs> ladders and he was so stubborn he he knew that every time he'd go up a ladder he was going to die but he'd want to keep doing it so on the he... top of the fire stations there was always a sniper rifle but the only way to get to the top of the fire stations was to go on ladders and it would never break your legs when you go up the ladder it would only break your legs as you're coming down from the ladder. So yeah, I've got your legs. There. Yeah, I've got up Others. there and I've got the sniper rifle, <laughs> which is great. Now my challenge is to get off the roof again. 
it's it never worked out well. There wasn't a stick up there, was there? No, no. We no. had to run around <laughs> Northwest Air Base and all around her for literally about five hours looking for a stick for you yeah. as you were crawling. We, we, actually, we actually ran around half the map once trying to find yeah. one for him. There was, there, was, there was at one point I was down with a broken leg. I actually got two kills doing it. I had broken legs and you were off for two hours. And people turned up in the Northwest Airfield and I was lying in a bush. You said, left me all your food and your water and all that to go off and find sticks to make a splint to, 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 to heal my legs. And while I'm there, two people turned up at the Northwest Airfield and start looting. And I'm like, that's, I need help. And they're like, we're on the other side of the map <laughs> looking for a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to kill some. Got killed, but... And which made the whole point of use venturing off to the other side of the map pointless at that stage, but yeah. good game there. Whereas if you just stayed in the bush, would have been fine. Yeah. But that that's one thing when it comes to Jude, he can't not take, press that trigger. There's some people that just need to die. Yeah. There are some people you. that need to die. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> but no, now definitely worth going back because loads of different bugs have been fixed uh i'm now saying that now i was playing on uh, private servers and stuff like that that would have a lot of different added uh, like community content to it so that probably added to the experience if you were to play daisy standalone on its own without going on to those modded servers i would say it would probably still be a little bit too stale and boring pacing is very very slow on it but um a lot of them would have these like bots that uh, actually make it so that you can um, like there's shops where you can you can bring gear that you, you collected. So unwanted gear, you can bring it, you can sell it for money and then buy gear you actually want then for the money. Some are more hardcore than others. Some are easy. You can come in with like a handgun, sell it and you get enough to buy yourself an M4 with four clips. Whereas other ones you like... You have to come in with like literally 20 handguns and you'll be able to buy like one m4 with no clips so it's it, it was a it was a matter of finding it a server that had a nice balance resistance is a great server on daisy anybody wants it in the shop uh are you playing this right now daisy daisy yeah i haven't played it in probably well like i'm gonna have to cut you off because this is the games you're playing now oh <laughs> I'm back to Thiago actually. Thiago. Yeah, Thiago. <laughs> oh, no, I think uh, that, that's it. Yeah, that, that's the only game I've, I've been playing. Yeah, good Maybe. stuff. What's the population like on Squad? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me check right now. I'm going to go to As... the community page. I know me and you, Mark, have been saying we're going to get on it with Thiago. Yeah. I reckon it'd be good for a game night because. We yeah, did have definitely. some good game nights with Battlefield and, and Company 2 especially. And if Chago comes over here, like I have three high-end rigs. I have my 2950X, I have the 1950X, and then I have the 1800X. The 1800X has the same GPU as Jude, so it can play all games at the moment. So like, if that Corona shit happens and we can't travel around Europe, Chago can come here and some epic fucking game of nights it's not it's not that big a community is like at the moment there's 2341 people in game on squad is it but one benefit of that is there be very little hackers yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Just 
the kind of a game that you don't you don't have that. Yeah, the boys. I've never heard them say anything about any kind of dodgy shots or or anything. And they they've all played it for a good bit, like. Right, um, so that's the end of uh, what we're playing. So we're gonna wrap it up now. Thank you all very much for listening. And yeah, the next game we are gonna be reviewing is. Halo Combat Evolved from the Master Chief Collection. Um, we will be reviewing that in, in the two March, weeks, we? three weeks. Uh, let me look. It will be on for our schedule. Uh, we generally are going to be we're moving the recording days to Tuesdays, which is what we've all agreed. Uh, so it will be the thirty first of March, which will be uh, one, two, three weeks away from now. Yeah, so we'll be reviewing it in three weeks on the 31st of March. Well, no, actually, it'll be released on the Monday. So the 5th? Yeah, it'll be it'll be released. It'll probably take me a day or two to do the, the, the rendering for it. So it could be earlier weekends. If not, then 5th of March, 1,000% on all major podcast providers. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. This has been Gimme Gaming, and we'll see you next week.